0: hello there you're listening to the watson's weekly podcast with me peter watson i'm joined as always by my ex-colleague friend and all-around genius ralph (laughs) hebkin hey there ralph how are you doing this week hi peter i'm very good very good indeed marvelous um, that's always good to hear, Ralph.
1: Well, I've um, been watching the Olympics, basically, and this uh, is why I'm very happy, because I've been watching the curling.
0: Ah, the curling. Yes. Yeah. I'd say mean, you, you are, I mean, I've always, you've always been a, an adrenaline junkie, haven't you? So, um.
1: <laughs> Actually, I've mean, been, this is in fact the case. I mean, yeah. the, the sports I do enjoy are skiing and and hiking, no, and stuff like that. No, I know. I
0: know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, no. all right, yeah, so you know. You, you are an adrenaline junkie. Um, I'm pretty sure that when we work together, um, I think you you may have watched the um, cleaners, um, you know, sort of uh, hoovering vigorously and just uh, marveling at their technique. So you know, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump to curling, isn't it? Really?
1: <laughs> no. The, the The reason the reason I say that is it's just that because um, I've been watching this one event and the commentators were going absolutely bonkers over it. Yeah. And and I didn't really understand it because there was <laughs> precious little happening on the no, screen. Let's be exactly. sure. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, let's not talk about the
0: Olympics. No, indeed, indeed. Um, I was going to say, you know, uh, to to people out there as well. Uh, just a, a little bit of trivia for you. It was my birthday this week, um, and um, and uh, I I am honoured uh, to share my birthday this week with. The Weekend, uh, no less. So, um, you know, great musician, songwriter, singer-songwriter, etc. Um, uh, Kim Jong-il, um, who, of course, uh, is, is famous for being uh, the leader of, uh, uh, of North Korea. And, and Amanda Holden. Um, so, I mean, you know, The Weekend, Kim Jong-il, Amanda Holden, all leaders in their own, all shining lights in their own field. Um, and then there's me. So, um, so there you go. Anyway, today we're trying to make lighter things at the moment because it's been pretty depressing. Let's face
1: it, that's right. That's we're, this is in fact the case. Yes, we are absolutely, we're just,
0: we're just breaking you in, trying to get you, trying to lull you into a false sense of positivity, yes. and then we're just going to hit you with a tsunami of negativity, Ooh. um, coming up, coming right at you now. Um, so anyway, Ralph, let's let's talk about Russia-Ukraine, shall we?
1: Oh yes, let's do that. Yeah. So starting off the weekly call to depress everybody. Yes we have to report that Russia is withdrawing their troops from the Ukrainian border. And that was an excellent news f- piece of news flow, and I really liked it. But it <laughs> looks like they are just basically just running them in circles, right, back mm-hmm. to the Ukrainian border. And I'm making light of this, but of course, the situation is not particularly uh positive at all in fact i can't see any positive angle in this at all i mean this is basically a business podcast so let's not talk about the politics too much but obviously in terms of where we are in the context of slowing down uh a slowdown in economic activity generally cost Mm. of living crisis sky high inflation and the commensurate um, response of central banks to increase interest rates and the commensurate impact of that negatively mm. on the stock markets. In the context of this, clearly the continuing escalation of the conflict between Russia and Ukraine is only going to load up additional negatives because mm. clearly gas prices and oil prices are going to rise even further. Mm. Sanctions, which would be the consequence of such a such an invasion uh, are going to hurt the West as well, because mm. in a globalised economy, of course, in an in, in interlinked economy uh, with, which we have uh, these days, any kind of sanction is coming back to us uh, mm. p- pretty much immediately, mm. and th- 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 maybe we can, we can highlight the ways in which this is going to happen, but one way well an obvious way is obviously gas prices I mentioned that but perhaps it's mm. more hidden way is how it's going to impact on the banking industry clearly uh, bank loans are everywhere they they reach into lots of counterparties and mm. uh, there are some European banks who have more than an average share of um, loans with Russian counterparties and mm-hmm. of course Russia itself, Hmm. and they will be impacted by uh, sanctions which are going to be levied against Russia. So that's just Hmm. one aspect in which the Western world, unfortunately, is going to be uh, hit by a reflection of the sanctions which we Hmm. would move to levy on Russia if uh, indeed an invasion was about to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, actually, I was, on a, I was on a conference call, um, well, a team call last night, and um, someone asked, they said, you know, what, what do you think are the sanctions going to be? And I said, look, I'm really sorry. I just can't actually, I can't actually say, because I don't think anyone really knows. And at the moment, it's all speculation. But most of the things that have been suggested, um, they, they all have kind of, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be a backdraft um in, involved you know there's very few things that we can do where we we're not are ourse- going to shoot ourselves in the foot to at least some extent um yes. Yes. so it, you know it is it is a very di- it is a very difficult situation um i think i personally think that you know putin is playing it very well really he's playing everything very well um and it's not as if you can imagine him you know his re- regime being overthrown or anything like that uh and I, I i almost would would say that you know even the the um you know the olympics um you know this whole thing with the the i mean I, maybe this is just reading too much into it but you mm-hmm. know that that poor um 15 uh, year old um skater who um has, yeah. has has suffered so much um you just wonder whether actually this is quite a good thing for putin because you know he can he can potentially spin that into it is the rest of the world versus us um, kind of kind of deal, and um, I don't know. It's just it just doesn't it lo- like you say it doesn't look good. Um, it doesn't look good at all. No,
1: I mean he he's he's doing that anyway a little bit to Russia uh, against the rest of the world. But it's, mm. it's, it's, this is of course not really all of the story. I mean, again, let let me not drift too much in the in the politics of this and in the perceived mm. or. Uh, alleged reasons why putin is doing this but mm. i'm 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 guessing behind it really is mm. the sort of pan ethnic idea that um, some of the ex soviet satellite states mm. who are who who are home to a um, Significant portion of Russians mm. are now moving towards the West in terms of NATO, uh, NATO membership and mm. in terms of e, potential EU membership. Yes. And, and and he wishes to avoid that, uh, probably in 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 a sort of attempt to make Russia great again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but oddly enough, the expression "great" is interpreted by him to mean mm. territorially intact mm. or territorially large rather than economically uh, prosperous. But anyway, mm. so if, if, if you spin this out and you think about the Olympics, I mean, one aspect there is perhaps he's just waiting with an incursion into the Ukraine until the games are over. Because mm. the, the, the way I'm reading this is that Russia is, of course, not standing alone in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they will need to respond to the economic sanctions which are going to come their way mm-hmm. in some way. And the uh, situation, I think, is that they're doing this by um, approaching China yeah, and getting deals in, in place which would back them were these sanctions to materialize yeah specifically these are the negotiations and treaties about gas supplies and this yeah. has happened and so I I think I think if you look at it in the context of this then it becomes clearer why this is now a specific thing which mm. I which I noticed and I found very Very interesting. Hmm. This is probably the reason why the Swedish ambassador, sorry, the Russian ambassador to Sweden was emboldened enough to say publicly that, and this is now going to be quote, apologies for what is going to come, we are not giving a shit about European sanctions. That's not me being vulgar. That Hmm. is quote. And Hmm. you, you, you can see that Russia is clearly Uh, feeling powerful to withstand Mm -hmm. sanctions. The answer to what they might be is exactly what you said, hard to say, but there is Mm -hmm. a nuclear option, which is to cut off Russia from the SWIFT payment system. Mm -hmm. That would hurt Russia materially, but even that is not going to be disincentive enough for Russia to invade Ukraine, I think, if Mm -hmm. that is indeed what they wish to do.
0: Mm. yeah that is very interesting that and actually you know talking if one were to talk about specific companies though um you know there are companies there are russian companies that they've got listings um in on, on the london stock exchange yes um and so you could you could say that they're easier to get at in a way um so you've got rosneft gazprom uh Luke Oil, and then there are there are other things as well, um, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Everaz, uh, which Roman Abramovich has a big stake in, and also N plus as well. So, I mean, there's a, there's a number of companies, but yeah, ultimately, it's a very, uh, you know, it's not uh, individually, I suppose they're they're not enough to really do that much damage, and and I, I suppose actually we could, I could use this, um, you know, what you were saying about uh china earlier to to sort of move on to our our next mm-hmm. uh topic which is it was quite interesting to see how um lithuania um has uh has basically poked, poked the bear, <laughs> poked, were, the bear. In yeah. poked the bear um uh the you know, dragon the, in the dragon the dragon of yes that's right yes um the dra- yeah poked the dragon um by allowing or uh, recognizing a, a taiwanese um uh, embassy, as opposed mm-hmm. to the official name that um, China uh, give, would would give it, yes, uh, yes. and basically China has said, you know, has gone off in a huff and said, <laughs> "Well, you, you know, you're calling you, you know, you are recognising Taiwan, and as a result, we're not going to take any of your exports." Yes. and and that's the first time that China has ever done something like that. I mean, yes, there have been bans on certain things, and I suppose most recently. You know, we've seen that ban on Brazilian beef, for instance. Um, but this is actually across everything. <clears throat> so this is a this is a, a new thing. Um and I think that the the you know, EU is is, uh, uh, is is filing a case against China um, at the World Trade Organization, and you've got all the countries like US, Australia, Japan, UK, Canada, Taiwan all joining in mm. um mm. because Obviously, they are very interested to see what will happen here. Is this just the fact that Lithuania is very small, or does this set this set the scene for China as well? Now, um, as you were, I mean, as you were saying, I thought you you made a very good point um, about the whole kind of you know China supporting Russia, and now um, and potentially Russia supporting China. But I mean, I, if you want to expand on that, because I thought that was a very interesting point. You
1: know. <laughs> well yes i mean the, the the way in which i read the international situation here and 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 of course i do this on the basis of just a few points of evidence i mean i may just um, make too much of this but this particular instance with lithuania i thought was very interesting indeed it may sound like a complete detail and you overlook this mm. but it highlights the nervousness or the jealousy with which china is um, guarding its interests in the South China Sea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we all know that China has aspirations to uh, absorb Taiwan, and mm-hmm. and and the the expectation is that they are going to invade Taiwan at some point this decade. Let's say mm-hmm. this is not new news. We've always we've always known this, but I think this particular reaction to a Smaller detail mm. is disproportionate to the crime mm. uh, um, which 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 was allegedly committed. Yeah. Now, if, if if you look at the wider context here, the U.S., for example, has traditionally, or the 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 foreign policy of the United States relating to China and Taiwan has always said that the US is not actually recognizing Taiwan independence, but Mm. they are supporting and encouraging Taiwan's membership of international Mm. organizations. So Mm. the US was sort of wiggling about in the middle there somewhere, not trying to antagonize China, not trying to antagonize Taiwan, and obviously not recognizing or giving China the support that uh, China actually has a legitimate claim on Taiwan. Mm. And this is similar here because Lithuania, what they've actually done is they, they, they've said, we are establishing a Taiwanese representation office. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. But Taiwan, of course, has representation offices elsewhere in Europe, mm-hmm. but they, are, they all use the name of the city Taipei, Mm. They don't use Taiwan. That's all it is. Mm. And and Lithuania, in just basically recognizing the country named Taiwan Mm -hmm. in the context of an official representation office, has already, with that little detail, overstepped the bounds of what China is is, um, ready to accept. And the fact that China's response was so drastic... Tells me again that they are very clearly garnering and developing the hegemonial claim in the South China Sea on Taiwan. Hmm. And in the context of Russia, Ukraine, it sort of looks to me as if the deal behind the scenes might well be that China is supporting Russia now in terms of economic um, agreements and and um, and uh, t- and trade deals uh, to withstand potential european sanctions were they to happen hmm. sort of almost in 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 response to saying mate when we get into taiwan you're going to support us won't you hmm. Hmm. So, anyway, like I said, I have no real evidence for this, but that is sort of what it looks to me to be like. Mm. Yeah,
0: I, I I agree. And I, like you I said, I thought that that was a very interesting point you made, and, and you know, to make the parallel between between the two or the the link rather between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, we are completely wrong, and it's all fine and and everything. But that is, I have to say, that is what it looks like at moments. So. Yeah. Um, Moving on to <laughs> moving on. We're trying to sort of we're trying to start with the kind of most depressing stuff and trying to finish on a high, right? Yeah. So, so we we're now moving to, to the sort of neutral to positive stuff. Um, so I thought we'd talk about a bit about consumer trends. I mean, really interesting. Um, we've got consumers, they are, as we all know, we're all facing higher bills, higher. Uh, fuel costs, uh, higher food prices, basically higher costs for everything. Um, And, you know, American consumers, for instance, are um, they're they're still spending. It's all good. Um, so we've got some very positive um, performances for companies involved in kind of leisure. Like so, you've got Marriott International, um, mm-hmm. and you've got uh, I mean Expedia doing well. I know recently we had uh, over in Europe we've had TUI has done really well. MGM Resorts International uh, rebounding as well, and even Walt Disney is reporting rising visitor numbers uh, as well. Um, so it's all it's all good, you know, in terms of people are still um, are still being positive. And actually, if you if you extend that a bit further in terms of travel, leisure and travel, um, you know, Airbus has done really well and is continuing to be very confident. So that's always that's a good sign, because obviously, you know, they're confident about their order book and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Australia is going to open up to um, uh, tourists Next year, uh, ne- sorry, ne- next week, um, and and I think that you know that that, that is going to be extremely welcome um, for a cu- country that has had a very very difficult time under under COVID. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there um uh, to be uh, i'd say you know to, to be pretty positive about plus there's a, the, all the the le- the um you know luxury stuff continues to do well i mean we've heard um a lot about so uh, companies like lvmh for instance recently mm-hmm. all doing very well uh burberry doing really well and now it's Kering, which owns gucci and gucci is the main uh, driver of Kering. um but um yeah doing really really well and um yeah actually i think yesterday biggest uh, gainer on on the cac 40 or cac 40 um, and uh yeah and so i don't know i mean i know that uh, you 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 love your luxury right and you uh, keep saying. and obviously last week we were talking about handbags as we do right we uh-huh. were talking about handbags we um but <laughs> and that that really is true uh and uh, so yeah i mean do, do you have any thoughts on on these trends do you think they're going to continue and stuff
1: uh, well, yeah, I mean, you see uh, there's no doubt in my mind that people will want to go out there again and live <laughs> yeah Basically. that's what it is isn't it i' mean out of three years of being locked up in a cell yes we we all want to go out and we all want to have a bit of fun. Mm. And go to the pubs, go to the restaurants, the mm. theatres, uh, go abroad and, mm-hmm. and have holidays, etc. Mm. And, and, and of course, I mean, you know, I have to say that's the, the only piece of good news, which, I, we, we, which I'm perceiving at the moment, is that we are we are seeing the glide path out of the COVID crisis. I yes. think. So to the extent that there is of course still a risk that other nasty variants might appear, mm-hmm. if, if that's not going to happen, then I think it's almost like my hope, which I, um, which I highlighted at the end of last year is going to materialize that the uh, Omicron variant is massively transmittable but it's also relatively mild. So Mm. we're going to have a dominant uh, variant establishing itself, which is quite mild and which allows us to deal and live with the crisis. Mm. So as this is dissipating, we are going to have the situation that people are going to want to go out again and i think that is going to continue Mm. there's one other piece of good news in this which is not exactly consumer trends but which has to do with inflation because inflation and that's clearly a problem in terms Mm. of cost of living in terms of how much of a discretionary income are you going to be able to spend on these activities that you want to do Mm. now there's one little piece of good news here which is oddly enough as an unintended consequence of coming out of the covid crisis Mm. we are seeing an increase in interest rates because of that so an increase in inflation Mm -hmm. because of that Mm -hmm. because because we are now in a transition period out of an exaggeratedly low energy consumption during the covid crisis Mm -hmm. towards a situation which is sort of more normal and goes Mm. back to the pre-covid area yeah so what I'm saying is, part of the inflation that we're seeing is actually an adjustment towards a more normal world. Mm. Um, and so, if I string this together now, we have inflation that will l- limit. We have inflation, the commensurate uh, reaction of central banks to put push up interest rates is going to limit people's discretionary income. Mm-hmm. However, what people have in discretionary income is going to be spent more on leisure activities. Mm. But in total, of course, there's only going to be a lower amount of money available for people to spend. Mm. Mm. And so that is what, we, well, we, we see this everywhere. I mean, growth expectations are going um, being pared down mm-hmm. uh, by central banks. And um, expectations of inflation are still rising. Yeah. Nevertheless, within that, maybe we can sort of muddle through. And I'm guessing within the next two years, we're going to have a clearer picture. One last point on this. And again, this is weird (laughs) that I'm going to say this. But, you know, to some extent, the doom and gloom, which is coming out of the cost of living crisis, and of course, also specifically out of Russia and Ukraine, Mm -hmm. is probably going to... Um, support demand for activities which are sort of soothing us. Mm, this mm. is not something which I'm inventing. This has actually been shown time and again. Mm-hmm. When when um, in, in times of crisis, people are going back to domestic life. They're looking to almost like, you know, snuggle up in their homes in an area where, which they can control, in an area mm. that is safe. And so... Netflix, I, I know subscription have come down, but that should actually go up again. Board mm. games, funnily enough, is an area which is doing well. And mm. so I'm thinking that consumer trends are going to sort of level out between these two activities, domestic activities, outgoing activities, pubs, etc., but overall, I'm still cautious about the economic activity in general. I don't think we can sort of invent money mm. where, where, where we haven't got any. I mean, no, fair enough. Yeah. are going to be squeezed and that's just going to be a reality, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And I, actually, I'd add to that. I mean, I, I agree that, you know, you uh, people crave familiarity um, and security. Um, mm-hmm. And I think also, actually, in terms of consumer goods, um, you know things like Campbell's soup, or um, you know all these no, well, all these well-known, um, uh, you know uh, all these well-known brands tend to do quite well. Because uh, presumably, you know Heinz ketchup or something like that. You know all these kinds of things. So you know Unilever, Pre- Procter and Gamble, um, Wreck-It, You know all these ones. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. tend when things aren't going well, they can often do quite well. Because people go to the brands that they know and they feel comfortable with and there's a sense of nostalgia uh, as well yes. uh, in, yeah. times of, in times of trouble. So um, I was going to burst into song then, but I, you know it's okay. So I think that no, sounds like please,
1: it. Please, please don't do that. We're doing well no. now. We yeah, don't yeah. want any more negative on
0: experiences, experiences on the show. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but may,
1: maybe one last point on this. I've made it last time. I'm repeating it. So sorry for that. But I I do believe that because there's also, of course, elasticity here, and for providers of holidays, TUI, etc. I would be surprised if these sort of companies, which are also the discount side of things, are mm. going to offer packages that are going to um, allow people to go abroad on a, on a lower income, on a squeezed mm. discretionary income, mm. um, s- simply because otherwise these companies would not be able to tap into a demand, which is mm. very
0: clearly out there. Mm. No, fair enough fair enough actually do you know what i was just i was just thinking as you were saying that um <laughs> what you know i i wonder and this is a pure this is pure guess right pure guess so please don't act on this right <laughs> but but um i'm thinking so i i'm thinking i think i've said this in a in a podcast earlier on this week is that i think that there is a risk that everyone's getting too positive about the second half um in terms of holidays mm-hmm. leisure etc i feel that they're all lumping it into the second half and hoping for the best mm-hmm. um but i think they're talking their own book uh companies like wizair um ryanair easyjet they're all lumping it into the second half saying oh well first half bit of a write off second half it'll be fine we're seeing bookings etc etc but my point is i believe that as mm-hmm. people um uh, you know, spend the next few months paying higher bills, uh, you know, higher utility bills, um food, fuel, et cetera, et cetera, they're gonna start getting to the realization that actually I don't know if I we we should be going on that holiday to um Benidorm mm. or whatever. Um yeah. and and uh, and so actually maybe we should put it off. So my yeah. argument is if you are actually um not you know you're, you're worried about budget and stuff i i think that there'll be loads of cancellations at last minute or get in the leading up to the summer and that there will be lots of last minute deals going on because of because of the number of cancellations would hmm. be my very risky uh, uh assessment of what might be happening this summer
1: no no i i, I think that's sensible yeah
0: so, you know, if you're I, I reckon if, if you're a bit budget conscious, I would don't, you know, don't worry. I, I would say don't worry if you've m- missed the boat, because I reckon you may well have a bite, a second bite of the cherry. Potentially. <laughs> um, so that, yeah. So there you go. Uh, anyway, so there you go. So um, moving on and let's finish with a with a real pos real positivity today. Uh, <laughs> You 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 you've
1: you've you've oversold uh, it now, you've oversold it. Mate. It's, all,
0: it's down it's all down over <laughs> Um is um is Rolls-Royce. I mean Rolls-Royce featured a lot this week uh in terms of news, and I thought that it was I thought we'd we would end on a positive note. So we got things like so Rolls-Royce is developing zero emission hydrogen engines. Um, for trains so that's really Mm. good Um, it's also um, talking about work on electric planes Um, so it's got uh, this play called the P-Volt it's going to fly (laughs) up to 8 people 90 miles um, when when it's launched Um, and uh, that sounds very exciting although I would not like to be the first passenger on that plane um, (laughs) just in case um, and although I have done a parachute jump, have I told you about that? I've have you? I have, yeah. No way. On my own, on my own, not strapped to anyone. I jumped out of played plane on no my way. own. You're uh, so yeah. Cool. yeah, there you go. See, with, I did it, I did it with the Royal Marines, uh, many, many years ago. Oh, anyway. That's so uh, cool. Yeah. I, I, mean, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, that was good fun. I yeah. I recommend it, but I mean, definitely want and actually we had to pack our own parachutes, um, which was. Which was an interesting experience. Um, a very, very quiet. The c- classroom is very quiet when when they were showing us how to do that. Well, I uh, can so imagine. What- yeah. I wasn't in the by the way, I wasn't in the Royal Marines. I was I was hoping to be in the Yeah, I was hoping to go for selection and this was one of the things that they let me do. Um so that was yeah, that was very good. Uh, well, I
1: never I, I never thought I, I always thought you were taking calculated risks. You never struck me as the unhinged type who <laughs> comes out of, <laughs> no, not, no. Out of yeah. a out yeah. of an aeroplane with a
0: no, with a with a self-packed
1: okay. parachute. No, this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I'm. there you
0: go. See, you learn something new every day. Um, yeah, I'm extremely anyway. impressed. Cool. Yes, thank you. Uh, anyway, last thing was um, the Rolls Royce did, um, is they're looking for sites for their small mm. modular reactors, which yeah. are, um, just to you know recap, are those um, mini nuclear power uh, stations, um, which are a lot cheaper to build. They're smaller. They're, so, t- so all the two. So £2 billion uh, to build take up the size of about two football pitches um, and so they're a lot easier to actually place Mm. um, and build and what they've done is they've gone to the nuclear decommissioning authority and and look at uh, uh, using old uh, nuclear power uh, plant sites and I think that's that's really positive because they're looking at potentially rolling out their first one's by about twenty thirty, I believe, um, and you know, I think given the energy crisis we're at the moment, they can't come soon enough. So yeah, yes. so is that what, what do you think of that as a how how do what do you think of that as a positive end to the po- podcast then? <laughs>
1: well, what I liked most in this is you jumping out of an aeroplane. But um, <laughs> right, well,
0: yeah, but, uh, no, I mean I,
1: absolutely. I mean th- th- this is good stuff. I mean the. If I can maybe, as a final comment on this, just widen the context a little bit Mm. and and just basically slot all this into technology. Mm. I mean, this is basically technological development. Mm. And in the end, I still think technology is going to be what is saving us. Um, Mm. Although this is perhaps the wrong way of saying it. Technology is going to be ongoingly Mm. uh, a positive Uh, in 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 this decade and so we we now have the situation in russia and of course this this is a problem the cost of living crisis etc on a 10-year view this is going to abate and transformational technologies of this nature are of course also what eventually is going to get us out of this mess Um, these things which you mentioned hydrogen and uh, hydrogen engines, electric aeroplanes, they are still far in the future. These nuclear reactors are more of a a tangible reality. I think they are expected to go online by 2030. Now that may still look as if it is far away, but I think that is something which we can use in order to bridge the gap towards when we actually finally will have mm. um, vi- viable uh, fusion reactors. Mm. On the fusion reactors, I've seen some news that uh, the um, that they have recently been successful in containing the plasma through artificial intelligence mm-hmm. uh, algorithms, which is something which has not been done before. And and so you can see where the journey is going. These transformational technologies are going to be good. It is just that at the moment it is hard to see uh, how we're going to get ourselves out of this mess, but it is always darkest when everything else is dark, and, and, and I think we will be able to actually do that. Mm. So on the um, to, to just to answer your question, in the triad of uh, things which you mentioned, I, I think the most um, promising one is the small nuclear reactors which are going to be built mm. uh, in, in the foreseeable future. And that's mm. definitely going to be a good thing.
0: Mm, absolutely. So, you know, uh, finishing on a positive note, um, the... Wind appears to have died down outside. Um, oh so yes, good. the wind. The yes, the wind absolutely. appears to have died down outside. That's pretty scary. I, to be honest, I haven't seen the devastation outside yet, so I'm I'm probably going to wait until tomorrow, uh, and then go outside and see what the damage hmm. is because I live somewhere and I am that is that is literally surrounded by massive trees um so i uh, immediately around where i live so uh, that mm. makes me sound like i i don't know live in live in a forest or so i don't yeah. live in a forest uh, i do live in 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 civilization um but it's just there's a lot <laughs> of massive woods. trees. yeah it's right like, yeah yeah and we, and so you yeah, know we got we got we got electricity and everything um that's amazing Fantastic. Um, but um, but anyway, yeah, so um... yeah, my
1: my my wind experience was yeah. it was quite scary, I have to say. I mean, yeah. we, well our place is sort of at at the top of a building here in London, and it's yeah. sort of on the Thames as well, so which yeah. means that you get, lots and lots of wind which is just hitting the windows and mm. uh and i was sort of constantly looking at um the news mm. for thinking, thinking so, so what's the strength oh blimey it's 90 miles per hour that's hurricane mm. oh my god i'm gonna mm. die so um yeah i i'm quite happy for the wind just to have subsided mm. and to uh you know the, the terrifying whistling sounds have died yeah. down so yeah. I'm, I'm
0: i'm happier yeah. just for that yeah so, yeah I'll, I'll you know i'll take the kite out tomorrow you know, I'd <laughs> uh, do kite surfing. <laughs> You'd be able to do kite surfing along the M25. You'd probably be probably been uh, overtaking all the cars at the, at, uh, at, the, at the way it was earlier on today. But anyway, um, on that on that bombshell, um, actually, bombshell's not a good good uh, word to use on that you've ruined it You're i know it. i know on that on that particular point let us come to the end thank you so much as always um for being on the podcast ralphie it's always a pleasure um never a pain always a pleasure never a pain <laughs> and uh and uh so, and, and thank you very much for everyone um for listening to this and uh hope that you've uh enjoyed the, this very podcast
1: cool the pleasure was mine as always thank you very much for having me
0: thank you and uh we'll be back again very soon many thanks bye
1: cheers bye